What's going on with organic social? I would say it's dead. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello, and welcome back to episode number 82 of Perpetual Traffic. Super excited today. We've got a great guest coming on today. Hopefully you liked last week's episode with Laura Roeder. Some really, really good stuff. Today's episode is such a great follow-up because this is a guest that, that we, we definitely had on our list to try to get on and, and Molly made it happen again. So nice job, Molly. And I think she's going to be speaking at their event here in, in a few weeks, which is pretty cool too. But the guest of today's show is none other than Michael Stelzner, the founder of Social Media Examiner, socialmediaexaminer.com, and the host of the Social Media Marketing Podcast and the creator of the Social Media Marketing World event. So if you listen to podcasts, if you ever open up iTunes and look at the top trending podcast in business or in marketing, you're pretty much always going to see the Social Media Marketing Podcast. It's a podcast I've listened to since the beginning. He's the author of the book Launch, which I've listened to on Audible two and a half times. It's one of those great books. You know, we talk about books quite a bit that you want to listen to or read, you know, once a year. And this is one of them. If you ever want to know what's happening, the latest trends in the social media world, Michael is where to go. So Michael, uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for that awesome intro. And thanks for having me. Yeah, let's talk about some stuff. So we talk mostly about paid traffic, a lot about Facebook advertising. And I know you have built uh, the majority of your traffic and your business and, and all of your customers through mostly organic traffic and building a community and building a brand that way. You have a very large audience, a large following, a large email list, and you put on a huge event. So let's talk about that. What's up in the world of organic traffic and, and social media? Well, you know, organic is definitely always been what we've done. We've almost never, ever paid for traffic. And the vast majority of our traffic honestly comes from search still. But funny enough, social traffic for us is like only 4% of our traffic, which is kind of surprising when you got a website called Social Media Examiner. (laughs) So um, the amount of traffic we actually get from social media is almost inconsequential compared to all the other stuff we get. So Mike, would you say that organic traffic is is dying? Is this something that's been going on or has this always been the case? Well, here's the deal. I think that when you have a really big website, there's so many ways people can get there, right? There's email subscribers, which we have, I don't know, 560,000 of them. There's search, there's other websites linking to you, you know, and I kind of classify all these things into a big bucket called organic. And then of course there's social shares, which we have an outrageous amount of social shares on all of our articles. But anybody who knows anything about that data is that when you publish really great content, people love to share it, but they often don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, cause they just trust it's good. They want to look good and they share it. So to your question, uh, what's going on with organic social, I would say it's dead. As wow. a matter of fact, I would say it's so dead that we no longer reshare any of our content on Twitter. We do nothing evergreen. Everything we post is once and done on social media. Um, on Facebook, we do post a couple of, you know, recurring posts but we have decided that we are no longer doing anything more than just once with social media. That's quite the stance. And I can say that we've seen a similar trend here at Digital Marketers. So you are not 
obviously alone. What do you think caused this? I think that it's a combination of things. First of all, I think that a lot of the social networks are following Facebook's lead. If you think about what's going on with Facebook, because Facebook is the 800 pound gorilla in the space, you know, with the biggest audience. And when you have that many people on a social network and you have so many people interconnected, the rate of content that's coming through is impossible to follow. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is just go on Twitter and actually look at the raw feed, which nobody does. And it's like a river, right? It's impossible to keep up with it. So somewhere along the lines, Facebook realized that we need to intelligently deliver relevant content to people that care about it based on all sorts of crazy signals. Thus, the algorithm was invented, right? And at first, marketers were up in arms about this because our content that we used to be able to post and would get just crazy amounts of traffic coming to our website started going down and down and down and down. And we have seen at Social Media Examiner a significant decline over the last three to four years to the point where it's so tiny that it almost doesn't matter. So in our case, if oh. on, if 4% of our traffic is coming from all social, you know, then, right. you know, you got to think maybe half of that's coming from Facebook. That's 2% of our traffic. It's almost so inconsequential that you have to ask yourself whether or not it makes sense to even drive traffic from social with money at all. Yeah. And in our case, we've decided we don't. We've never paid to drive traffic to our content. And it is dead. Let's just be honest. It's dead. It's interesting. Someone in our community today asked me what I thought about third-party tools that automated social media posting. And they said that it decreased reach and they're not sure why we would have Laura Roeder with Meet Edgar on the podcast because why would you use one of these tools if it decreases reach? And I basically responded and said, the human resources that it would require to post every everything manually, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, is not worth the reach or the traffic or the quality of traffic that we would get from social media. So it's not that we're not posting, but along the same lines of what's this worth to your business and what's the opportunity cost? Yeah. And here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with scheduling, right? I mean, most of the social platforms Absolutely. have built-in scheduling. But let's be honest, Facebook is running out of inventory. By mid-2017, they will have no more inventory for paid advertisers. Yeah. So if there's no more inventory for paid advertisers, what's the chances of the organic stuff coming through? Zero. Right. And what's the chance of your organic post from a brand page showing before someone's actual friend or family member on Facebook, right? Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Just want to make sure and clarify, if you're listening, we're talking about organic social media traffic, not organic traffic from Google. Totally separate thing. Correct. Because at the beginning, we were kind of talking about organic traffic. So I just want to make sure there's no confusion there, but we're talking about organic social media traffic. And that's exactly a great point, Molly. It's like, yes, Facebook has plenty of room for organic social media traffic from people's friends. That's not really traffic. That's more like newsfeed. Yeah, inventory. Inventory. Exactly. Exactly. I want right. to see my, my friends, my cousins, my, my nephews, my nieces, but that's not from a business page. That's from a personal profile. So it's totally, totally different story. Just, just to add a little more meat to the bone on this thing, we are seeing traffic across the board everywhere, everywhere, you know, um, Pinterest, LinkedIn, mm. Facebook, Twitter, Everyone is getting less and less. And, and for those that are thinking, I'm going to increase my frequency in order to fight the algorithms, I'm here to tell you all you're doing is you're dividing your pie into little tiny pieces. Because mm-hmm. like, for example, if you tweet 
once now on Twitter, that tweet could be seen 24 hours later by someone. So the idea of increasing your frequency to hit people at different times of the day is no longer relevant. Everything is time shifted in social media. So you just have to realize like you might not see something until tomorrow anyways, or your prospects or your customers. So the idea of doing it over and over again needs to come to an end. And there is a new philosophy that I could share with you guys to solve this problem. Absolutely. Love it. We'd love to hear it. (laughs) Here's the thing. Anybody who's been around for a while, and I've been doing this, you know, since I founded Social Media Examiner in 2009, knows that in the early days, there were not as many people posting and you could just do amazing things. But now something has to change. But what was happening back then was incredible community involvement. You know, you could have hundreds and hundreds of comments on a single organic post that just had one sentence in it with no graphics at all. Now you're competing with video. You're competing with quote graphics. You're competing with live video. You're competing with all these different things. And if there's one thing that Facebook has made crystal clear, they love the song, The Hotel California. What's the, what's the line in the Hotel California? You can come anytime you want, but what's, what's the punchline? You can never leave. That's right. So anybody, anybody who doesn't think this is America Online in reverse needs to check themselves. Facebook wants you to stay forever on Facebook. That's why there's instant articles. That's why there's Facebook notes. And that's why there's Facebook Live. So I got to tell you, they're going to do everything in their power to not show anything that's going to get someone to leave Facebook because they make all their money when you stay. So- If you embrace that and you understand that people are going to stay on Facebook, you might be thinking maybe we should go ahead and just post our articles up on Facebook in instant articles. No way. Don't do it. Instead, what you want to do is you want to leverage live video, but you don't want to leverage live video as a traffic generation tool, although it could be used that way. It's not going to work as well that way. Instead, what you want to do is you want to leverage live video to develop a loyal community. And I'm here to to kind of yell the clarion call that we as marketers need to understand that developing a loyal community of tens, hundreds, thousands of true loyal fans is going to deliver more return on our marketing than anything else that we used to think. We need to stop thinking about the numbers and we need to start thinking about cultivating the right people that ultimately will become customers. And the bullet or the secret pass that fights the algorithm is live video right now because Facebook gives it a free pass. They do everything in their power to let you know that there was a live video happening. That's why they changed the interface on the bottom left. And if you follow a brand and they went live, you won't be able to get rid of that little number unless you actually click in and and look at the video. So live video is where it's at. I have to ask the question. So will you ever go to a paid model? I mean, you've got such great content. You mean, will I ever put money behind my content? You mean? Absolutely. And boost it to the audiences that are cold and then, you know, retarget them and have some sort of paid strategy on Facebook or otherwise. When you get over a million people a month for free, it's really hard to justify <laughs> spending that kind of money. You know, right. that that's our struggle. The cost to get even a tiny fragment of our audience to come from Facebook is so tiny. I'll tell you, there's three things that we're doing. Number one, we're being okay with the fact that we get less people coming to our site from social. Number two, we're doubling down on search optimization because we realize that that's the secret weapon because all those social signals on the content are very valuable. And number three, we're doing everything in our power to grow our email acquisition. You know, we add 25,000 emails a month. So conversion rate optimization all of a sudden becomes essential. So the idea is to capture the smaller numbers of people that are coming to your website and to nurture them via email is really where it's at because it's so much more economical than paying a social network to do something they don't want to do. They don't want to send traffic away. 
and you're competing against everybody. And when you have a limited supply, what does that mean? The cost is going to only go up. So we're not going to be entering that game. We use paid to promote our products and to promote content marketing that's designed to sell our products, but we really don't use it for our organic at all, for our articles, you know, that are purely educational. But it's so cheap and it's so easy to do. I mean, I mean, obviously we talk about paid traffic in most cases here. Well, let me ask you this. What's a good cost per click? Tell me what a good cost per click is. Well, I mean, we look at everything based upon conversion, so it's a little bit different. But we do have all of our customers post their organic posts on Facebook, and then they actually boost them. And then we use those website custom audiences or those warmish audiences to then sell their products in sort of a two-step fashion. Instead of investing in paid advertising to to drive more traffic to our website, to read our content, we invest in editorial. So we have huge editorial teams that publish really rich quality podcasts, live video productions, and also our content. You know, we spend hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars to produce, you know, the content that we have at Social Media Examiner. And we know that when people do share that content, however they choose to share it, that does drive some sort of traffic to us. And it does leave a signal that ultimately will allow us to grow our email list or allow us to get on organic. But, you know, we just, you know, we don't see the value in it because we're a product-based media company. What you're saying totally makes sense. And I think, like you said, it really depends on your business model. And it also depends on where you're sending the traffic. Exactly. Like at Digital Marketer, we're not paying for traffic that doesn't have an, a, an ROI within 30 days. So we don't see value and, you know, establishing a $50,000 media budget that we're just going to throw at the wall and hope it sticks, right? Like we have to know along every step that we're running traffic to a squeeze page, someone's going to opt in, and within 30 days, we're going to break even. But I think it's interesting when you do have a big organic following and you are getting all of this free traffic, it comes down to opportunity cost, right? And where are you going to spend your money and cash flow in a business? So I, I totally understand, like, you don't need to pay for traffic. And you're talking about content. So much of your business is content and articles. It's different. You know, if you guys are doing a promotion, if you're doing a, a product that you're rolling out where there's an opt-in, you guys are running paid advertising. And you're specifically talking about your content. That's the difference. We don't, we don't actually ever create opt-in offers. We have one offer and it's the same offer every day, 365 days a year. And it's designed to get them into our email newsletter list, which gets them into ultimately, you know, being fed every day with our original content that we produce as part of our core strategy. And then through those distribution models is how we sell. You know what I mean? Like through our email newsletter that goes out three days a week, there's ads in there for our products or in our podcast is exclusively sponsored by Social Media Marketing World or in our live show. So it works and it's really, really for us a brilliant model because we don't have to be beholden to a social network to buy their traffic. Instead, we draw the traffic to us with the content. So it's just another model. Right. And we do remarket like crazy. So once they hit our sales page, that's when we start paying to bring them back. Absolutely. And I've seen your ads for social media world because I visited the sales page and and the retargeting ads are great. So I think it is worth saying that if you do have this, this big amount of organic traffic, it is worth paying to retarget these people, right? Especially when you have a relevant message like, ticket prices are increasing or it's going to sell out, uh, something that you really want to get across to them because sometimes email just doesn't do the job. Yeah. And, you know, here's my take on this. Could I be a much larger company if I was also doing all the great things that 
you guys do? Probably. But, you know, there's a million things that you got to focus on. And for us, we always started as a media company, you know, and we kind of figured out our strategy from the get go. And the strategy that I talked about in my book launch was all about just drawing people to you with consistent, original, high quality content that you produce every day. And then, you know, the basically when you do that, you become a media company and then people just want, you know, like, I don't know, we have a 140,000 people just on our RSS feed, you know? So these people, they come any way that they want and they get to us and they just love our content and they recommend the heck out of it. Totally. And then, you know, our products are for sale around that, if you will. Absolutely. And Mike, the idea of building a community, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, I remember four or five years ago when digital marketer, we didn't really have a community and marketing was tough. (laughs) it was hard to market our products or even our content because we didn't really have anyone to back us, right? I mean, Ryan had a name and he had followers, but Digital Marketer as a brand didn't really mean anything. So now with, with our community and people sharing, referring members, coming to our conferences, even just when we do post something onto Facebook, the amount of engagement that it gets has increased because we have people that like our stuff. So, you know, I think building a tribe and really the value in that is you can't really measure it. With live video, you can totally take that tribe to a whole new level. Totally. Tell us, how, how are you using live video? First of all, we break news with live video. So, you know, in our space, in the social media world, there's constantly changes and updates coming to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Periscope, you know, uh, all this stuff. So we actually go live on Periscope and Facebook and sometimes on Instagram stories. And we go ahead and we just basically give a quick update about what the breaking news is. And um, this allows us to essentially be almost like, uh, you know, television, like we're breaking into your feed to let you know that this just happened, you know. Right. Um, for example, as of this recording, you know, the, the, the Vine camera has been integrated into Twitter and we, we went live and we talked about what this means and how this all is going to work. And our audience loves us for it. And we just randomly go live constantly. And then at the end of the show, which could be five minutes or two minutes or one minute, we say, and by the way, if you want to learn more about this, come to our conference, Social Media Marketing World. So it's almost like right at the end. In addition, every single week, we have a live show for an hour where we literally break down the entire news that's happened in the last week. And we quadcast that on YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, and Huzza. And we'll get anywhere from six to 8,000 people that watch that live. And we're just basically talking about all the news that happened in the last week and what it means. And it's basically me and an entire team that puts that show together. Uh, Sometimes we'll do live Q and A's where I'll just ask, it's ask me anything day, you know, and the audience will just come and ask questions. And then of course I'll put a little commercial in there, like a spoken commercial, like you would in a podcast. We gave Facebook live a stab and I don't think we gave it enough time. We had other things that were more pressing in the business. So I'm really curious because we're looking to start our Facebook live show back, uh, which is exciting. How do you do it? Like, what's the setup? Is it a talk show setup? Are you doing a screen share? Is it a mix of both? Do you have someone interviewing you? Like, what's the structure like? So the core technology that we use is something called Huzza, H-U-Z-Z-A dot I-O. It's a $49 a month piece of software uh, and it's online and it allows you to get up to six live people on at once. And with the click of a button, you can simulcast to Facebook. 
you don't have to have a, a piece of software in the middle. They'll do it for you. So you don't need to use Wirecast or something. If you, you do not that. need to use OBS or Wirecast. It's one click live to Facebook and you can broadcast into a group or to a page. So you can imagine and think about this for those of you that have membership sites, you can go live into a group with this, which is awesome because Facebook does not allow you to have multiple people right now. So what's cool about Huzza, it's like Blab for anybody who's been around for a while. So you can do a uh, full screen sharing. So what we do on our show is we usually have myself and a co-host, and then we bring on correspondents like this morning we did the show and we brought on Amy Schmidt-Dauer, who's a YouTube expert to talk about uh, YouTube Super Chat. And then we brought on Carlos Gill, who's a Snapchat expert to talk about Snapchat Universal Search, which are two things that came out during the week of this recording. So they come on as remote correspondents and we pop them in for about 10 minutes. I ask them questions and sometimes we share screenshots of what this stuff is and the audience is right there interacting. And then we use Wirecast to simulcast the Huzza feed over to YouTube and to Periscope. But the centerpiece of the whole thing is this thing called Huzza. And it's just really, really simple technology that totally works for us. And, uh, and we love it. And, and there's many other types of software that you can use that do similar things like Zoom, I think, is one. Right. And Crowdcast, I think, is another one. But we just really like Huzza. It's super simple. Yeah, that's great. We were using Livestream and we actually had some technical difficulties with it and it was really expensive. So if you can do more with less, that's highly recommended. At the show notes, we'll have links to everything that Michael talks about here today. Digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 82. We'll link out to any specific live shows that he mentions or anything else. Mike, so is your goal of the live show to engage with your audience? Obviously, you have the little commercials and soft calls to action, but is really your goal for them to engage and and share the video? I got to tell you guys, it's kind of nuts. So Huzza itself, there's only about 150 people that show up on Huzza and all the other thousands are showing up on the other social networks. But what's happened is, and you guys are podcasters, you can relate to this. When you go to events, people will say, I love your podcast. And right. they used to say, I love your blog. Now they say, I love your podcast. Yeah. Well, now people say, I love your live show. So it's mm. almost like the super fanatical, loyal fans that are influencers right. that absolutely love everything that you're doing are going to never miss your live show. Mm. And it's almost going to develop that relationship almost as if you were standing in front of them in a crowd, you know, live. It's almost as close as you can get to physically having them all in a room like you guys do at your event. And you know what it's like when you have them in a room at your event, they become ultra fans, right? So it allows you to develop this community and get to know them and call them out every week and say, hey, Friar Wade from Florida, welcome back, you know? And it's just amazing. And they end up becoming huge evangelists for you. And they end up promoting everything that you have that come to your events. It's almost like the true superpower to community development. And on right. top of this, Facebook gives you huge reach on this stuff. Unlike anything you'll ever do, it's just insane the amount of reach that this will get you on Facebook. So yes, it's about exposure. It's about the right crowds. And it's really about helping your business. Like in our case, we have a bunch of our staff that comes and watches the show because they want to learn and they want to keep up with what's going on in the industry too. Something that we ran into with our live show was sort of how does this differentiate from what's inside of our products? So I know you guys have a monthly membership. We're a part of it. Love the content in there. You guys do calls and trainings. And I, I know the difference, right? One's behind a paywall and one is not. 
But do you struggle with that with your community at all? Or how do you differentiate between the two? It's a great question, right? Because in our blog posts, they're deep how-to content. And then our podcast, mm -hmm. their interviews. In the live show, they're more like just, it's almost like CNN. So we don't spend a lot of time on any one thing, but we cover right. a huge breadth. You know what I'm saying? So anybody who's in an industry where you have lots of change going on, this would work really well. But you could turn this into an interview. And if you turned it into an interview, it's no different than what your podcast is, except it's live. So there are people that are doing their podcasts live using this platform. And by the way, ask me about going live with playbacks a little bit later, because this is something else we're doing that could, that would blow your mind. A hundred percent. Totally agree. There's a few things here that's happening. Number one is that people see you live. They get to see your authentic self. So right. you can see you make mistakes. One of the best ways to build an amazing following is for people to see you you know, admit you don't know something or, or make a mistake or, or just be yourself. I think if you can be the expert and the authority, but also just be relatable. So I understand what you're talking about on how you, these people that come up to you at events now are talking about this as opposed to the podcasts like they were before. And this is something that we've done. I, you know, did a couple of Facebook lives earlier in the year, kind of like Molly talked about with digital marketer as well. And we've been planning on rolling out a live show, maybe not specifically exactly the same every week, but to do it on a consistent basis. And so I want to hit on the tech stuff again, because I know a lot of people are wondering about this and get hung sure. up. I get yep. hung up myself. So we're like my video guy. I've got a full-time guy. He's local. And we're like, okay, we're going to use a Wirecast and Switchboard Live, which is what you know lets us do the simultaneous with the other social platforms. I was going to ask you about that if, if you even need that. But also it sounds like when you're using the Huzza, how much are you using multi-cameras or, or are you just using because you're always having somebody on every time? So that gives you that really great engagement. Yeah. So let me, let me explain it. So it's kind of like Brady Bunch. So like you're full screen all by yourself when you're just by yourself. Okay. Like 16 by nine. But when you bring another person on, it puts you side by side. And then when you bring a third person on, it goes Brady Bunch. So they go yep. into a, a four grid. So it's super easy. But one thing I want to tell people that might be scared to do this, and most people don't even know you can do this. You can pull up Chrome on your desktop and you can go live now direct to Facebook from your desktop, which a lot of people have no clue you can do that. Mm -hmm. And it's 16 by nine, high definition, and you can have Skype open in the background and you can have someone feeding you questions or you can just totally go live. And it doesn't yet support screen sharing and it's not multi-person. But for those that are used to sitting at a computer and don't want to have to hold their phone up to go live, you can go direct, you know, live into a group or live from a page or your personal profile, just if you have one person. And it's the easiest way to just go live on Facebook. And then, you know, you could download that video, you could slice and dice it and edit it and re-upload it to YouTube or whatever you want to do. But yeah, so hopefully that, I don't know if that answers your question. It, it does, absolutely. Because a lot of times we get hung up trying to do it perfect. So that's my kind of the one thing. Yeah, imperfection is the key to live. I, I got to state this over and over again. Live video is the hardest video there is to do because you have a live audience. It's exactly like being up on the stage. And when something happens, it happens in front of everyone. So everybody knows it's never going to be perfect. Sometimes your internet's going to go out or your video feed's going to be bad or whatever, but it's all good people don't care. And that's, what's cool about it is, is it's actually not like television. And that's, I think why everyone loves it. On episode 50 of this podcast, we interviewed Frank Kern. He talked about his, his live show. And you made a comment a few minutes ago, Mike, about how the Facebook live 
is something that it just builds a deeper community. Yes, of course, right now you're getting a huge bump from Facebook organically. We don't know how long that's going to last. And what Frank had talked about was the same thing. Yeah, he threw out some ROI numbers, but we know that Frank Kern is not like the type that builds up a social media following. He runs a lot of paid advertising. So for him, he's doing that to build that community, right? Exactly the same reason that, that you talked about, which is pretty interesting because you know he builds a pretty high level set up because he kind of had it already set up and ready to go. But the point is, is the reason why he's doing that is, is not to, to really generate new people into his world. It's to cultivate those existing ones. Exactly. That's the key. When you're live, you want to encourage your fans to share it because while you're live, when fans share things, it almost like gets a bump to their community. I don't know if you ever noticed this when you're on Facebook, if one of your friends shares a live thing, it'll like pop up at the top. It almost right. gives it preference. So it's almost like Facebook is giving it a free pass right now. And we have seen the reach decline. Like in the beginning, we would get like a thousand to fifteen hundred people at any given second. You know what I mean? On Facebook Live. Now we're down to like two hundred at any given second. But still, after an hour, we'll have four or five thousand, you know, that watched it. And then sometimes you could get another four or five thousand. You could put money behind it at that point if you really wanted to. And then you can radically extend your reach. But all the signals that Facebook cares about, like all those likes and interactions and stuff that you can ask for when you're live on Facebook, you can't ask for that when you type a post. You can't say in a post, please like this post. Facebook will kick your butt over that. They won't let it happen. But you can say it when you're live because they're not tracking that stuff. So it's just an awesome way for you to get just enormous exposure while you're live. What do you do after the live show is over, like playbacks or do you distribute the live show anywhere? After the whole thing is over with, we simply embed the playback into a blog post the following day, and then we just leave it and let it, let it roll. But one thing that we do do, which I alluded to earlier, which is very unique, which I think anybody could do is we go live with pre-recorded material. So my podcast comes out every Friday and every Wednesday, the following Wednesday, we go live and we use Wirecast. We play an animated looped video with our logo in it and we actually play the entire podcast through Facebook Live. And we'll get another four or 5,000 people watching that video. Wow. And they're asking questions and our community team is there interacting with them live during the playback of the recording. So this is essentially something very innovative. I'm the only one that I've ever heard do this, but we're taking podcast audio content and we're republishing it as live video content. We put on the screen just a simple animation that's like one of those looping animations that just looks like it's going forever kind of a thing. It's a very simple animation, but it allows our Facebook fans to even discover that we even have a podcast. And Facebook recently announced that they're getting into audio. So this is going to be a really big deal because they could take on iTunes, you know. So this is our early stage into repurposing our podcast content into live content after it's already recorded. Yeah, I love that. We will have to try it. Awesome. I love that. So you do that every Wednesday. Your podcast comes out Friday, Friday, and then Wednesday, every Wednesday you do that. And if you have a page, by the way, which is really cool, if you have a page, you can schedule a show and that post will show up like on Monday or Tuesday of each week. We say that we're going to be going live on Wednesday at this time and people can subscribe to that as they see that in defeat and leave questions ahead of time. And then that post that started out as an organic post turns into a live video post. And then when it's done, it turns into a video. So it's really, really cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. And anybody that wants to see how we do this, facebook.com slash SM examiner. And just, you know, you can just go into our video archives and take a look at how we do it. 
the live video stuff is hot, man, and we're doing some really innovative stuff with it. So you guys should really start experimenting with it. It's yeah. it's crazy what you can do with it, you know. And like the desktop thing is huge. Like a lot of marketers, Absolutely. you know, work from a computer, and the fact that they can just push a button. And you, by the way, you have to go live from Chrome. But the fact that you can go live from your desktop, like if you have an iMac or a laptop, you know, and it's, you don't have to worry about holding your phone out there. I mean, it's awesome. That's great. Awesome, Mike. So this is awesome, awesome stuff, Mike. Holy smokes. This is one you're going to want to listen to probably a couple times. Uh, once again, uh, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 82. And Mike, I know you've got a, a big event coming up. Tell us about the Social Media Marketing World event. I know a ton of people that go to that event. It's an awesome event. Yes. Um, it's in San Diego and it's March 22nd to the 24th. And uh, we're expecting between three and 4,000 people to come. And what's cool is we have like 13 sessions dedicated to live video. So if you want to come and you want to really understand how live video could change your business, you can literally just sit nonstop in live video sessions. But we have a total of, I would think, 140 sessions spread over three days on everything from live video to Facebook marketing to Facebook advertising. And Molly's going to be there talking about Facebook Messenger and bots, which we're super excited about. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. It is a really innovative, unique event. If you understand that social media and community development is is an important part of your strategy and you're struggling, let's say you've mastered Facebook, but you haven't mastered Snapchat, you know, and you know you need to get there or you know you need to really go into Instagram because it's the hot new thing and you're not sure even short video and Instagram stories, all that stuff you're going to find at Social Media Marketing World. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Love it. Love it. All right, Michael, once again, thanks a lot for coming on. It's it's been awesome. I can't wait to get into a ton of the stuff that we talked about today. So great stuff. Once again, check the show notes out, check out his event, check out the podcast. And uh, other than that, we will talk to you all soon. Have a great week. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Grant, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.